folks of Elkhorn Baptist Church on this beautiful Lord's Day and can't think of a better way to begin our service than by having believers baptism. I'm so grateful that over the holiday weekend I was able to speak with the one who's coming to be baptized today. I'm so grateful today that Caleb Runyon comes to be baptized. Caleb and his wife Megan live in North Carolina. He is the brother of Tiffany Runyon, one of our members, and he was going to be home for the holidays. Had the privilege of meeting with Caleb and his wife during Sunday school. It was in my office that Caleb prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and he comes today to follow through believers' baptism. So I'm so grateful today that Caleb Runyon comes to be baptized. Caleb, we're also very proud of you and your decision. And what a beautiful way to end a holiday than by following through with believers' baptism. Caleb, I ask everyone to enter into these waters as Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Yes, he is. And upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent is the time when we celebrate the coming of Christ into the world for the first time and when we anticipate his coming again and returning to take us home to be with him. We are glad you're here today to share in lighting of the candle. This morning, uh, Wendy and Joyce Choir are coming and they're going to light the candle of hope. There's never a time in Christ that is without hope. We have hope in him and as a counselor, we're always asked to, we, to instill hope in people. It's very difficult to instill hope unless they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So today we celebrate the hope that we have in him and we thank the choirs for coming and lighting the candle this morning. And now Ellie Baker is going to come and lead us in worship. Ellie, will you come?
Thank you, Ellie, for leading us so beautifully this morning. Ellie sang at our 8.30 service, and I said, just stay and sing for our 11 o'clock service as well. And I thank Ellie. And John, I don't know how you can just sit there and be expressionless. <laughs> so proud of that baby girl. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for being here for worship today. We're glad you've chosen to worship with our church family. And we pray that you feel God's presence as we worship him in spirit and in truth. We welcome those who have joined us by live stream. And we pray the same thing for you, that you feel his presence wherever you are worshiping with us this morning. If you are a guest, a first-time guest especially, we have a gift for you out on the Welcome Center. Just go by and pick up one of those bags and on the end of the Welcome Center out here to my left. and. Uh, it has a gift in it and also has some other information. But we are glad you're here. Thank you for being here. Why don't you stand and greet those around you, and then we'll join in singing, Come That Long Expected Jesus.
voices in praise together. Now you continue in worship with us as our worship team leads us.
Amen. What beautiful music this morning. We thank you, Ellie, for doing such a great job of leading and for you all leading so beautifully. There's no other name worthy to be praised other than the name of Jesus Christ, the highest name above all who is worthy to be praised. And it is Christmas time, and we celebrate Jesus coming into the world in the form of a tiny baby who would grow to be a man and die a criminal's death on an old rugged cross that would save anyone who would call upon his name. I'm so grateful that every week we have a time of prayer where you can call on the name of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're going through the first holiday without your loved one. You need to cry out and ask for his comfort to help you through your grief. Maybe you're here today and you're battling some sin in your life. God knows. Maybe others don't. God knows what your struggle is. And maybe today you want to confess it to him, give it over to him, repent from your sin and start walking in newness of life toward the Lord. Or maybe you're here today and you're battling pain, addiction, depression, loneliness. Some folks are very lonely during the holidays because they have no one else. But God promises, Emmanuel, God is with us. He promises to be with us. So whatever your prayer, whatever your praise, I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to come kneel at this altar. You're welcome to pray from your seat. If you're watching online, wherever you may be, we invite you to pray with us. Won't you come pray with me? May we pray together. God, we come to you with grateful hearts, thankful hearts. But some of us come to you with broken hearts, burdened hearts, weary hearts. Father, we come to you because you promised to be a refuge and strength and ever-present help and trouble. And God, we pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would meet us where we are in our grief or in our suffering in our pain in our addictions and our sin and our loneliness oh god forgive me or forgive us of any sin that would hinder our prayer david said that if he had cherished sin in his heart you would not have listened may we not cherish sin but that we would repent and turn away from the things that we know we ought not be doing or things we ought not be saying, or the places we ought not be going. Help us, oh God, to have your strength to turn away. Father, we lift up families today that are suffering and need. Father, I pray for Prudence Yo and the loss of her husband Hank over this past week, and ask God they might feel your comfort and your strength and their great loss. Father, we pray for others that are in the hospital or going through treatments. 
We know, God, you're the great healer and the great physician, and you can do all things. And, Lord, we pray for Tiffany Runyon's daughter, Caitlin, that you would bring healing to, to this young girl in the hospital. And, Father, we pray for a quick recovery. Father, we pray for Greg Howells in the hospital and ask that you would bring a miracle of healing in his body because we know you can, God, and comfort his family as he battles. Father, I, I lift up our friend and sister in Christ, Jennifer Hall, and I ask that you would continue to anoint her with your healing power and bless Steve and their children and their family that they might feel your presence and your strength. Father, I'd be willing to say there are many going through difficult times in this place. Maybe it's private pain, things that no one else knows, but you know, God, our, our lives are open books to you. And I pray, God, you would help us, strengthen us, forgive us, guide us, direct us. Father, bless our country. You've blessed us. Be with our leaders to help them make wise decisions. Bless our military. Keep them safe. Those who are away from their families during the holiday, give them peace. And Father, we pray for revival in this land and in our country. We need Jesus. You're our only hope. So I pray, oh God, that we would humbly receive you into our lives to allow you to change us from the inside out that we might be new creations in Christ. And Father, we just love you so much. Thank you for sending your one and only Son to die on the cross that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. May many receive you today in this place and those who are watching Father, we ask now that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through the music and through the message and through your word and through your servant. And may we be open to hear your voice speak. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we trust you to bring. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And I left out, we want to pray for all of our college students, maybe are in finals week coming up this week. Some maybe have finished, some will be taking finals, and we pray for you too. I know that I prayed a lot during finals for sure. But I'm so grateful today, if you have your Bible, to turn with me to a familiar passage to many. Maybe it's new to others, Isaiah chapter 40. We'll be reading one verse, and afterward, the choir will be coming to lead us. Thank you all for being here today, and thank you to all of our instrumentalists. Verse 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you all for that beautiful message and song, and thank you again for being here to spend part of your holiday weekend with us here at the Forks. I always like to share a little humor at the beginning, a little uh, leftovers, some turkey leftovers. I'm sure some of y'all have been eating some leftovers, but why did the turkey cross the road to prove that he was not a chicken? <laughs> you know, last night I dreamt that I was... Uh, a muffler, and I woke up this morning exhausted. So, <laughs> do y'all want me to go on? And as we were celebrating Thanksgiving, we ate so much delicious food, and, and afterward we were all just kind of sitting around talking and visiting, and, and one of my nieces was one of the first to get up and said, I've got to go. And I said, well, what's your hurry? Where, where are you going? She said, I'm so tired. Well, she's a third grade teacher, explains why maybe she was a little bit tired. Well, after she left the room to go get her coat, I guess, my little eight-year-old great-nephew mocked her, mimicked her, and he goes, I'm so tired. And we all got a chuckle as he noticed her saying, I'm so tired. And then on Thursday, we were over at my wife's family, and after eating delicious meal, uh, we were on the couch just watching basketball games and football games, going back and forth watching basketball and football. And, and uh, I was kind of leaning back, and my eyes were getting heavy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And 
My mother-in-law was kind and brought me a My daughter Sophie took me up on it and we went for a walk. The air was, was cool and fresh. It was great to get out and just walk and enjoyed our conversation. But it seemed like there was a theme of people being tired and people being exhausted. And maybe you are today. Maybe you are tired from all the cooking. <laughs> maybe you are tired maybe from uh, entertaining all weekend or maybe you're tired from work or tired from school and studying or tired from battling your addiction or tired of your depression, tired of being in pain. Maybe you're tired of the spiritual attacks that you've been going through and, and maybe you've been dealing with something that's just wearing you out. Everyone goes through those seasons. In our scripture today, we read out of Isaiah. You remember the book of Isaiah was both a book of judgment and a book of hope. God's covenant people would worship false gods, idol worship, and they would rebel against God. And as a result, God brought judgment upon his people by allowing them to be taken into captivity by Babylon. And you remember they spent 70 years there. And it's during this time that, that Isaiah, whose name means the Lord saves, is writing to those uh, future people of God in exile who he was explaining to them, yes, you're going to be by sending the suffering servant into the world, which we know that was Isaiah foretelling about Jesus, the one who would pay the price on the cross to save us from our sin. And these people, you know, needed to be encouraged because you know what they thought? They thought God was no longer concerned that God has turned his back upon them. And I want to tell you today, maybe that's how you feel. God doesn't care what I'm going through. He's turned his back on me. Well, that's the devil's lie. God doesn't turn his back on us. We turn our backs on him. And know today that God cares very much about your life and what you're going through. And even though you might feel all alone, even though you might feel like you're being held captive by, by sickness or by negative thoughts or depression or, or being held captive by an addiction, know that God can deliver you just like he delivered his covenant people. And if we're here today and we know Christ, then he will bless us and give us hope regardless of what the situation is we're going through. But but today, wherever you are, or whatever you're going through, know that through this beautiful passage that's familiar to many of you, 
God can, can give us his power. He can give us his strength. And God can give us his hope. And the first way he does that in verse 31 of, of Isaiah 40, but those who hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Other translations say, wait upon the Lord or to put trust in or to look expectantly to see or to put confidence in. But those who hope in the Lord. And you've heard that saying that someone once said that people can live 40 days without food. People can live three days without water, eight minutes without air, but not one minute without hope. We all need hope. And the Lord said in Isaiah 49, 23, those who hope in me will never be disappointed. Did you hear that? Those who hope in me, he said, will never be disappointed. And then David, the psalmist, wrote in Psalm 25, verse 3, he said that no one who puts their hope in him will ever be put to shame. And then he said in verse 5 of, of Psalm chapter 25, he goes, my hope is in the Lord all day long. What about you? What do you place your hope in? Do you place your hope in money, in possessions? Uh, Paul said in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 17, he said, command to those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but rather to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Would you children. He loves us. He wants what's best for us. But we must place our hope not in the world, not in material possessions, not in things, but in the Lord. And that's exactly what the psalmist said in Psalm 42, 5, that great passage is a deer pants for streams of water. In verse 5, he said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. So today, if you find yourself in a tired place, an exhausted place, a place of captivity, like God's people, God's children, then know there's hope. And our hope is not on our own ability, our own wisdom, our own strength, but we place our hope in God. And when we're in Christ, we have the hope of eternal life and being in heaven. Over Thanksgiving, there was, a, there was a moment where my mom and I were alone. And I could just read it on my mom's face. And I said, Mom, are you okay? And she said, I miss your dad. And I said, I know, Mom, I miss him too. But I said, you know what? I said, Dad is, is in heaven with, with his parents, my grandparents, and 
And with my other set of grandparents and my great aunt that was, was like another grandparent or mom to me and, and with his brother and his sisters who have gone on and, and, and even to Kelly's grandmother said that, do you think he's with Norman right now? And, and so I said, he's celebrating like he's never celebrated before. He's better off than we are. But when we are in Christ, when we put our hope in God, we're going to see our loved one again, and what a day that will be. But know right now that we must place our hope in God. But then secondly, we must heal with Him. We must heal with Him. But those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. If you're here and you're tired, you're exhausted, you felt like throwing in the towel, you don't know how much more you can take, how can we be strengthened during the season that we're going through? Well, there's many ways I think we're strengthened. One of the ways we're strengthened is through God's Word. Do you ever spend time in God's Word? We can find supernatural strength. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 4, we shared recently when Jesus was led into the desert to be tempted by the devil? Jesus was fasting and praying for 40 days. And remember, the devil came not once, not twice, but three times to tempt him. And do you remember what he said in verse 3 of Matthew chapter 4? If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And you remember what Jesus said in verse 4? It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on, upon every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus could have performed a miracle and those rocks could have been turned into bread. But yet, he wanted to feed on the Word of God. Just like God rained down manna from heaven to fill the to tell you that years ago I didn't feel like it either I was going through a rough season of my life I felt hopeless I felt broken hearted I didn't know what God's plan I didn't feel like picking up God's word maybe that's where you are today you haven't felt like picking up God's word to read it but guess what one of my family members sat down beside me and they began to read God's word to me and I can't tell you how much that meant to me. Tears began to stream down my face because God was speaking to me through His Word. This is the living Word of God. His very Word. And when someone was speaking that into my life, it touched me. It moved me. You could say it resurrected me. It lifted me out of my self-pity and brokenheartedness and realized that there is hope. And I felt his peace come inside of me. If you don't feel like reading God's Word, maybe you listen to a podcast or, or, or audio Bible. You're able to listen. Some of y'all maybe exercise. Listen to God's Word when you're exercising or walking. But take into God's Word because it brings life into us and it brings strength. But also I believe that God strengthens us through prayer, through prayer. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, 
on your prayer lives. That's how we gain supernatural strength. God hears our prayer, and His timing is perfect. He will answer, but it'll be according to His will and not our own. Keep praying. There's strength in prayer. Also, God gives us strength through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Remember in Philippians 4.13, when Paul said, I can do everything, all things through Christ who gives me strength, through him who strengthens me. He was talking about a supernatural strength that came from the power of the Holy Spirit. At the moment we place our hope in the Lord and trust in him, we have a supernatural power made available to us through the Holy Spirit. Our theme verse for this year has been Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. He strengthens us when our strength is not enough. But then another way he strengthens us is through worship. We need each other. That's why COVID was so hard because we had to, many of us fly solo and we need one another. We get strength from one another. We get encouragement from one another. And I think about what the Hebrew writer wrote in Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day, capital D, the day coming, talking about the return of Christ. Let us encourage one another. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, I was speaking to a couple of our members, Ricky and Elaine Our table group, our church has several small groups, discipleship groups, table groups, where groups of people of six, eight, ten will get together. They'll maybe have a meal around the table, go over some questions about a recent sermon, go over that scripture, and however the Holy Spirit leads. Well, there was a group, I think Ricky shared that night, about seven, meeting over at a restaurant over in Midway. I think it was at Brown Barrel, he said, and they were going over these questions and going over God's Word, and they were praying together, and a random man walks over to them, and he said, I want to thank you all for what you're doing. And he quoted that verse, Hebrews 10, 25. He said, let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as that day approaches or is coming. He was so touched by it that that man paid for all seven their meals at that restaurant because it so moved him and touched him and encouraged him that he wanted to show his support and encouragement to them. What a blessing when we can come together as family of faith and encourage one another. We need each other. And God uses us to fulfill his great work and his great commission here on this earth. But then lastly through this verse, I think uh, lastly that we would humbly walk with him. But those who hope in the Lord 
shall renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. You know, an eagle can soar about 30,000 feet in the air and above. They can soar over mountains and challenges and obstacles. And, and when storms come, they don't run or fly away. You know what they do when storms come? They spread their wings and allow the wind to lift them up even higher above the storm. And that's what we're challenged to do. When storms come, we spread our wings of faith and allow the Lord to lift us up higher above. And eagles also have about an eight times greater vision than we do. And so we also can be like eagles and have our spiritual eyes open to say, this storm isn't going to last. God is going to help me to rise above the people, the things, the circumstances that have been keeping me captive, you will soar on wings like eagles. It reminded me of a funny story. Y'all remember years ago the comedian Flip Wilson? Flip Wilson would do this skit where he talked about a, a pastor saying, uh, if this church is, is ever going to go anywhere, we must first learn to crawl. And the church said, let it crawl, Rev, let it crawl. And he said, and after we crawl, church, we've got to learn to walk. And the congregation said, let it walk, Rev, let it walk. And he said, and after we learn to walk, church, we must learn how to run. Let it run, Rev, let it run. He goes, oh, and after we run, we've got to learn how to fly. And he said, they said, let it fly. Rev, let it fly. And he goes, oh, but in order to fly, it takes money. And they said, let it crawl, Rev, let it crawl. <laughs> Sometimes we have that in our mind. It's a good idea. But to know that we can soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary. You know what image I have is out of Hebrews chapter 12. Those verses 1 through 3, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. And it said, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful people that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Isn't that beautiful? We keep on running. That's, that's what Paul said at the end of his life in 2 Timothy 4-7 when he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day, not only to me, but to all those who long for his appearing. We keep on running, and we don't grow weary. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So we've got to come to him. Maybe we start out crawling, and then we begin to walk, and then we run, and then we fly into his arms. But then, lastly, 
He said that we may walk and not be faint, that we'll walk. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by sight. And then in that beautiful passage out of Micah chapter 6, verse 8, and it says, and, and what is a good, uh, O oh mortal, uh, and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? We are to walk humbly with God on a daily basis. That's a personal relationship with Him. Are you doing that today? Are you walking humbly with God? I want to share a couple more things and we're about to close. Um, I recently was talking to my oldest brother who is also a pastor in ministry 50 uh, plus years. And uh, I talked to him sometimes because I know he understands he's been a pastor. And uh, sometimes you try to talk to people not in ministry and they may or may not understand. But I, I, I seek wisdom. I, we may not always agree but I love him and I appreciate when he gives advice. And, and I was talking to him about some of my discouragement about some things. And my brother Terry quoted this verse to me, but those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. He said, Todd, sometimes we as ministers and Christians, we just have to keep walking. We have to keep walking even when you don't feel like it. Showing up is half the battle. We keep on keeping on knowing that the Lord will give us strength if we keep our eyes fixed upon him. Is that, is that you today? You're going, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I, I feel like throwing in the towel and the Lord is saying you keep on walking with me. Humbly me I will bless your life and I will give you a supernatural strength do you have that today do you have that hope in your heart in your life I pray that you will if you don't and then lastly, I want to close with you, and I shared at the early, so before coming into the early service today, one of our members, Steve Jackson, was greeting at the door, and we began to have a little bit of a conversation, and Steve asked me, he said, Todd, is it okay, is it appropriate, you know, 
for people to go up and ask somebody if they're saved, to say, are you saved? He said, I know some people are private about that, and, and I may not get that exactly right, Steve, but basically, he said, people expect it from you, you're a pastor, to say, are you saved? And, and what we mean by, are you saved? Have you confessed your sin, asked Christ to forgive you? You've invited him to come into your heart. Romans 10, 13 says, anyone and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're saved from eternal death into eternal life. To be saved means to be saved from hell and to receive hope for eternal life. That's, that's what being saved is. And Steve said, you know what? He said it makes some people uncomfortable to ask. But he said, isn't that what we're supposed to do as Christians? We're to ask people if they are saved, if they know Jesus Christ. I said, absolutely. I want to ask you today, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been saved by his mercy and his grace? It would be a shame if you were to leave here today. I did a funeral on Friday for one of our members, Hank Yo. He had a massive heart attack and passed away just like that. It would have been a shame if Hank didn't know the Lord, but he did. And it sure made the funeral a lot easier when he knew Christ. What about you? Do you know him? If you were to die tonight, do you know you would go to heaven? My prayer is that all of us would be there one day. So I can see my dad and my grandparents. You can see your parents or your grandparents or a brother or sister or a child of yours that we all want to be there one day. Have you been saved? Or maybe you're here and you're a Christian, and, but you've been on the sideline. You've, you've been sitting back, as I said last week, coaching from the couch. I would do it this way. I'd do what I think through the I'd do that. Well, I, you really don't have a room to speak unless you're in the game. If you're in the game, then that's one thing. But if you're on the sideline, don't be a sideline couch. Get in the game and help bring victory for Jesus. Or maybe you've been looking for a church. This, this is a wonderful church. We are not a perfect church. I'm not a perfect pastor. Anybody will tell you that. But I try my best to keep the focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no fault in him. You'll find fault in me but you will not find fault in him. Today, won't you allow him to lift you, to strengthen you, to soar on wings like you, run and not grow weary. Walk, keep walking with the Lord, and he will bless you as we pray together. Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there's someone here and they've not been saved, that means they've never made a profession of their faith. They've never prayed a, a simple prayer that we call a sinner's prayer, which is just to get them started on a lifelong journey, eternal journey, but to say, Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Lord, May someone pray a prayer like that or in their own words to begin this journey of living for you. Father, I pray that Christians that have grown weary, whether it's being beat up at work or, or in their schools or on their teams or, 
or even among their own family members, God, renew their strength today, and may they renew vows of commitment to serve you. Or Lord, maybe there are folks looking for a church home. This is a wonderful church that I love dearly. We are not perfect. Where there are people, there's imperfection, but we also realize that we serve a perfect God. And when we keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, we can keep in the race until you call us home. Oh God, thank you for your mercy, for your grace, and for your forgiveness. And may we now be bold to take a stand for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand with me. If you're watching at home, contact us if we can pray with you about your decision. But we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. Won't you come as we sing together, Grace Greater Than All My Sin.
What a great day it is. We began with Caleb's baptism, and Caleb, we celebrate with you and your family, and we'll continue to pray for you as you grow in the likeness of God. And then I'm so grateful for several weeks now, uh, this fine couple, Dwayne and Christy Reed, if you all would come up here beside me, they've been attending this church faithfully. I think they've even been visiting some of our Sunday school classes, and And after much prayer, they said, this is home. We want to unite with this church. We welcome you with open arms. I know what a big move this was for you all, and I know you've been bathing it in prayer, but we welcome you and praise the Lord that he led you here. I know that you want to pledge your love and support to Dwayne and Christy and their move from a sister church coming to unite with this family of faith by letting it be known by saying amen. Amen and applause. We welcome you. And if you all don't mind to join me out in the foyer after the service so people can give you a warm welcome to this family of faith. But right now you can sit down and I want to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, as you're leaving today, there will be ushers stationed at the doors. If you have a buck, a dollar, Uh, to go to our Manor House food pantry. Instead of collecting food this year, we are doing a a dollar drive. And so don't be limited by the buck, by the dollar, but at least if you didn't come prepared, then tonight we'll have our annual Chrismon service where we decorate the trees, prepare this place for Christmas, sing some beautiful Christmas music, It'll be a beautiful night. We invite you at 6 o'clock. It's a great family event. Invite you to come at 6 o'clock. You can give tonight if you're not prepared today or throughout the rest of the month, but we invite you to do so. There'll be ushers at each door. I hope you'll come this evening. I want to quickly remind you of some dates you want to mark on your calendar. Don't forget on the 11th, well, next Sunday night will be our children's choir program. You don't want to miss. They've been working hard. It should be beautiful at six. The next week, you don't want to forget, uh, on Saturday the 10th, uh, we'll have a special uh, celebration of Bill and Linda uh, retirement celebration on Saturday. You don't want to miss three to five. And then on that Sunday, there'll be one service uh, on the 11th. The choir and orchestra will be leading us in a very special program December the 11th. I said next Sunday, it's the 10th and the 11th. And then on Christmas Eve, a service at 5. Christmas Day, one service at 10 a.m., no Sunday school. This will be the exact same service as the Christmas Eve. So you don't have to do both. You can do one or the other. If you want to come to both, I'll be here at both. You're welcome to come. But that'll be Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And then the following Sunday, January 1, 1 10 o'clock service for those special days. So I wanted to remind you all just some of those special dates to be marking them on your calendar. I know it's a busy season, but I hope you'll spend these special times with us here at the Forks. At this time, I invite you to stand. Thank you, church, for being here even after all that turkey and ham. I hope you have a blessed afternoon. Don't forget how much God loves you, and we love you too. Bill, lead us in a closing song.
God, we leave here with joy in our hearts. And I pray as we go from this place that we would fill your hope and your strength and we would share that hope with people we meet this week. And we might ask them if they are saved, if they know Christ. In his name we pray, amen.